Je peux faire le ta 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 et toi tu fais hey. Oui, non mais je vais le mettre avec des vrais ukulélés. The Ukulele Road Trips Having Gone North podcast wrap up warmly as we wrap it up also in this the final word of the going north adventure. It was freezing. Chili. It features a man who gives pleasure to many with his huge organ, a Toyota rescued from distress on a Gaspesian beach, and lots of other cool stuff, including cool stuff from an Icelandic hot spring. Plus your questions and more. Off we go. Woo! Okay, hi, I'm Maureen. I'm Ben's little sister, filling in for Ben in the Ukulele Road Trips uh, special podcast st studio. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, Ben is currently not with us. He no. is in a hot air balloon oh. above uh, the Philippines, uh, <laughs> recording okay. another podcast. Really? Uh, right. And uh, yeah, maybe wow. recording something that you will hear about in this podcast as well. Thank What? you. Okay, Thank you. Ben will be here with us in a moment. Ben, can you hear us? Yes, yeah, I'm right next to you on the sofa. Green. Yes, so this is Ben live from the <laughs> Philippines. <laughs> this is not the topic. Okay, but Marine, when I said a freestyle intro, <laughs> I just meant just present the podcast in a sort of relaxed way. Hi, hello everyone, welcome to this podcast. It's the Having Gone North podcast. That's not a relaxed way. Meaning we have been north and we is ukulele road trips. It's been a while since you got a podcast and this one is to look back on the adventure, the best bits. We're going to have very special um, inclusions, a few interviews from the road and also an interview from the camera woman probably of the road trip and also some of your questions. So some fan uh, mail and a phone in, also a live phone in. We've never done this on the podcast. Are you quite excited, Maureen? I am absolutely Yep. Yeah, excited. That okay, good. Feel you remember last time before ukulele road trips went north on the going north adventure to Iceland and Canada. We did a podcast just just before the flight called "About to Go North" or something like that, or "Going North: The Intro" uh -huh. or something like this. And you had the flu, and you were you were quite ill and a bit you know under the weather. How are you feeling now? I have no recollection of that podcast. No. I am... I am... <laughs> what? I mean, you could follow what I do a bit. <laughs> I am feeling absolutely vibrant with energy and excitement. Wow. Okay. That is definitely... So, item one, present going north. Can you present going north? Right. What is going north? For the people who don't know and just happen to listen to your podcast. No, that's that's your bit, that oh. you're supposed to do that. I'm supposed to present it? Yeah, you present going north, what it was, oh. and the places visited. Oh, I have to remember the places you visited, do I? Yeah. Okay, so going north is a ukulele mm. adventure. Oh, wow. Wow. Where the main protagonist was my brother Ben. Oh, hello. Who is uh, live with us from the Philippines. It's so random. Okay, but keep going. I don't know. I was just thinking, thinking. pick a place. Pick and a place. Philippines just kind of popped in my head. All right. That's very nice. Lots of ukulele mm. plays over there. And so Ben traveled with two ukuleles. Mm -hmm. And a backpack. And he visits various places, singing songs about the places he visits. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And I, I said so that's pretty much it, right? It, I, I'm not saying it was bad or anything. 
Okay, so he visited. Uh, what did he visit? He went to Iceland and yes. Canada. Yes, and the east of Canada in the Quebec French-speaking part. And Gaspésie to Quebec. And Quebec. Yeah, and the, Quebec. Les Français. Mm -hmm. And then all around the island of Iceland. You remember? You remember, right? Why? Well, yes. It was recently. It it was recently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Of Mixed. all your the places you visited. Yeah. And of all the culture you learned about, right. which who was your favorite historical character? My favorite historical character. Did you come up with this question all by yourself? I don't know. I'm just reading the paper you gave me. <laughs> okay. Very good. Well, I, oh, great question, Maureen. Then I'd have to say it was, um, well, I'd say it was Lord Dufferin, actually, that I came across in the city of Quebec as I was singing about their old walk. Uh, Lord Dufferin, he was a uh, very well-dressed British diplomat, so at Her Majesty's service, and he uh, managed to convince the people working for the city hall not to destroy the old walls of the city. And he had a really exciting life, which included going in Iceland also, which oh. is what I did later on on the trip. So I felt like we had a connection, mm. him and me. Even though um, the English, you know, in the imperial era weren't always the, the nicest. Who would have known Lord Dufferin and Ben from Ukulele Road Trips would share so much? <laughs> you... um, what was your most embarrassing moment? My most embarrassing moment? Yes. I think it's when I was recording the song called Last Tom. It goes. of wind so I parked my car onto the sand of the beach and then I couldn't get my car off of the beach to leave after that and that was 
on the very eastern shores of Canada in Gaspésie. Oh. And uh, it, it was a bit complicated because I have a, if the car gets damaged, I had a fee of $24,000 to pay because yeah. I didn't take any insurance. I mean, it's, it's a great car, but I, you know, it's, it was a cheap rental. Smart, save those $5 of insurance. Yeah, uh, so then I had to talk to this guy. To, in, in it's east of Gaspésie. It's a bit complex because these people they don't they speak a mixture of French and English. So I found this guy that lives in a little house. His wife was sitting there listening to the radio. She said, um, "My husband's coming back in a bit." And then he came with his big Hummer. Is that what they're called? The big vans? Uh, no idea. Okay, well I think so. And then he attached something under the rental car, and I was thinking twenty four thousand. I don't. I probably just have to flee the country if something happens to the mm. car but eventually he pulled it out of the sand with his big thing oh. then asked me for a hundred dollar this is a hundred dollar job but i didn't have them so i gave him two albums of mine i gave him volume one and the christmas album and i said that's pretty much all you can get from me really i'm afraid it's funny because so i didn't a... think you were going to talk about this moment no i thought you were going to talk about how you were detained at the border because you crossed oh, that wasn't embarrassing that was Illegally. just a bit boring Right, because I forgot my passport yes. and I wanted to cross from Canada to see the Niagara Falls on the American side. Sorry, and that was, sorry, that wasn't embarrassing? It wasn't embarrassing, oh. it was an interesting experience. We didn't have the same... And it was just a bit boring because you had to wait for people in uh, army suits to tell you it's okay, you can go back over the bridge now. Well, yeah. Let's move on to the next question. If you would go back to one city, one place you visited during this trip, right. which one would it be and why? Ah, oh, that's a tough one because I've seen so many beautiful places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cut, cut the boring bits. Which place? <laughs> we want an answer now! Well, I think I'd just go back to Rimouski because it's really funny, but in Rimouski there's nothing interesting to see, really. And not so much to do as a tourist. Great answer. But I just met so many cool, vibrant young people that were really easy to connect to. And the, the French Canadians are really laid back. So I think I'd chill out there a bit. I yeah, guess. do a bit of chillaxing with the youngsters. What? So, <laughs> did you have... <laughs> did, did you taste any exotic, well I say exotic, n north exotic foods? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, Marine. I can't remember any of the foods I had, really. Uh, well, you had la poutine, obviously. Oh. Did you like la poutine? I think if you're a, a little bit tired and really, really hungry, the poutine is the ideal dish. Best hungover dish ever. It's something ever. like that. Okay. Yeah. Did you see any weird animals? Uh, no. Oh. Well, that was the only thing that I was interested in, so... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe I can ask you a couple of questions, Maureen. Do you have any favorite songs from the adventure? The listener probably has a favorite, don't you, listener? But w what about you? I mean, I'm joking about the listener, obviously. <laughs> I really enjoyed Sur les murs du Québec. I thought it was very... Right, but it's, very not, it's not Sur les murs du Québec, because it's not... De the, Québec. Yes, it's not on the walls of the region of Québec. It's Sur les murs de Québec, oh. meaning the city of Québec. Sorry. Any any other song that you actually listen to completely? Well, I listen to all your songs. Oh, thanks, Marie. But not complete. What? <laughs> I just can't name any other ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got this. I've got the songbook here. Uh, you can. Can I can it. I flick through the songbook? Sure, sure. 
Oh, yes, this one I liked. L'instant. Right. I think so. Well, okay, well, how about you just flick through my songbook as you started flicking through oh, it with anyway. With gloves is nice. Mm -hmm. And you just pick one to share again with the oh, listeners. Oh, yes, no, this one's my favourite. Ah. By the banks of Lake Ontario. Ah, great, okay. Okay, so let's go. Tu veux la chanter ou pas Tu veux la chanter Ah, oui, si tu veux. John, John has his home in the suburb that lives in the town where the iron reaches for the sky. Yeah, sorry about my handwriting. John, John John's a smart fellow, he's fairly well known in the company town for his skills in ABI. KPI, CRM, and CAC. These things do matter a great deal, you see. KPI, CRM, and CAC. These things do matter a great deal, you see. Tim, Tim has his coffee to go as he rushes to work on his morning commute. Tim, Tim wears a tie and a special cologne because that's what goes well with a briefcase and suit. KPI, and CAC. These things do matter a great deal, you see. KPI, CRM, and CAC. These things do matter a great deal, you see. And then, by the banks of Ontario Lake, Jeff comes by alone to think and make a few stones skip, stones skip, stones skip. The song marine well thank sang thank you and yeah. good job on writing it yeah thanks thanks toronto was a very inspiring place toronto in canada that mm. is and also in toronto so well done for choosing that song by the way i had the pleasure of being able to interview the organist of the cathedral of toronto of the church that uh, he mentions now in the interview i suggest we can now where can we get the interview i would really like to listen to it oh so I suggest we give ourselves and the listener a listen to this interview that uh, did not make it to the uh, podcasts during the adventure, but definitely deserves a space here. So we're now traveling back in time and meeting up with David in the St. James Cathedral in Toronto. You excited, Marie? <gasps> yes. Yeah, so genuine. I am a genuine person.
the St. James Cathedral in Toronto. And David, thanks a lot for the music. You're very welcome. Nice to meet you. It was uh, really beautiful. The, the sound f really fills up the whole place. Thank you very much. I mean, the, the organ here actually uh, dates back to 1853, which is very, very old for Toronto. This is the third cathedral on the site, and the first two uh, burned. In fact, the first cathedral was quite small and a wooden construction. And that that, uh, that burnt, and then they tried again to build a, a building in the Georgian style, and that uh, perished in the Great Fire of Toronto in 1849. So this building where we're sitting now is um, 1853, and uh, about 35% of the pipes that have come down in the organ uh, to us today date from that period, so it's, it's very, very historic. There were over 5,000 pipes in this organ, um, which is what gives it such a majestic sound in this, in this great space. So what you see in front of you, um, what we call the facades, the, uh, the, the fronts of the organ, that's as it were just the tip of the iceberg. And uh, inside these great chambers, there's, uh, there are literally thousands of pipes. The longest ones are about the height of, of five fully grown men, actually. The longest pipe that we have in the organ is 32 feet long, uh, um, produces <coughs> so a very, very low sound that really yeah. kind of shakes you. And then the highest sound um, is uh, produced by the, the pipes that are really uh, no bigger than the size of, of a very short pencil. And they're, they're of course, very... Very, very high in pitch. Yeah. Of course. So there's a lot, a lot going behind the scenes. There which, is. Behind the statues and the little angels with the trumpets. There's it, a lots of lots exactly, of there. yeah. <laughs> and actually, the, uh, the the mechanical parts of the instrument date back to 1936, and uh, we're hoping in the next two years to do a major restoration of everything mechanical. So it's it'll have the same spirit after the work that we're doing, but it'll be a bit like somebody having a quadruple heart bypass, so to speak. So nice. it's, it's going to be kind of renewed, you know, all the, all the leather work, all the valves. That will make your playing and your job much smoother, I imagine. It, it'll actually make it much more reliable, the instrument, because we're right. getting a lot of problems now with the electronics, uh, the control mechanisms, and as well as uh, things like the, um, the majority of the leather work, which... Uh, powers the the motors which operate the where, where the air is uh, led into the bottom of the pipe to produce the sound a lot of that leather work dates from 1936 so it's it's right. it's done really well but it's it's time now to give it a new lease of life for the next yes. for the next half century right yes after 100 years mm -hmm. you're uh, not from toronto it sounds I'm not actually. I'm British originally, <laughs> as you can probably hear. One, one can guess. I, uh, <laughs> I was uh, born in Birmingham, grew up in Birmingham, went to university in Cambridge, and then I went to Paris to study the organ for a couple of years, and then worked in cathedrals in England, in Hereford and Truro and Gloucester, uh, and then have been uh, freelance as a concert organist since right. uh, since 2002. And, and um, next week you're flying to Korea. I'm going, I overheard. To, I'm going to uh, open a new organ in a concert hall in in Seoul. Yeah. Wow. So if I can come back briefly to this mm -hmm. wonderful organ, yeah. Um, the little thing that I enjoyed the most was actually yeah. um, a type of stereo effect yeah. that you can have in this great place because you've got pipes behind and at the exactly. front on the left and at the front on the right and accord according to how you uh, draw or choose the pipes yes. for the games. Your right hand will be playing the right of the church, and maybe your left hand and your feet will be uh, connected to the pipes at the back. Right, of the we have almost infinite choice. You know, it's a bit like, um, 
should we say flying a plane or driving a car you have all these different choices of controls and uh, actually you, you are absolutely right that um, here at St James we have this kind of unique arrangement really with surround mm. sound we have fantastic. Uh, we have a lot of sound also from the back of the back of the church but you can't um, record this really you have to you experience it in the middle of the church to see this these melodies sort of on one side on another exactly yeah it's rather nice but it's also nice is the way that the sounds blend very well together. Uh, in, Do you think of that space. when you're playing? You, you say, oh, I'll, I'll send this melody off to the back of the church. Absolutely. And, and this melody I'll have on the left. Absolutely. You know, as organists, the job is... Uh, the composer uh, writes some indications about what, what we call them stops, which stops you should use, you know, which, which so to speak, if you were conducting the orchestra, which, which instruments of the orchestra you would be using. Uh, but as organists, we our main job is to to uh, decide on it's what's called the registration, which stops to use, and when. And so there's a there's really a lot of personal choice that comes in all the time, and you can enforce your own personality as a musician. Uh, and you gain a sense of that stereo when you're seated at the front of the church over there. Uh, to some extent, although it's better in the church. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, confirm. It, I mean, I, it, obviously, it, I haven't been at the front. But. It, it is. <laughs> uh, it's a. You can hear the the front parts of the organ more clearly up at the console, uh, but the, the the back organ, which sounds quite soft when you're sitting at the console, which mm-hmm. is right at the front, you know, it has much more presence in the in the body of yes, the church, of huge. course. Yeah. huge bass notes that exactly. you had in that piece that uh, I think I'll, pl- I'll put an extract in the podcast good so, good yeah. good please do yeah please um, do so that that was whew, huge waves of sound well I think I mean it's there's nothing like a real pipe organ you know yeah I mean uh, it's and in terms of the kind of emotional impact that it can have on people listening I think it's the the best instrument I mean yes. it, it really gets into people's veins uh, in, a, in a way that no other instrument does I think it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling when you're yes because the whole know, body gets impacted by these doesn't vibrations it doesn't yes. it and you um, it's not just the ears and brain yeah and I suppose my main mission in life is to introduce this instrument to as wide a public as possible okay you know we're so um, with fewer people coming to church now let's face it you know so fewer young people in particular hear real pipe organs uh, in the flesh, so one of the things I love to do most in my career is introduce kids to this right. to this experience. I it mean, must it's be so exciting for them to hear all these well, it, great. It is because it's it's often the very first time, and you know, of course, they're very intrigued by the all the control mechanisms and you know all the different keyboards and swell pedals and and uh, all the stops and so on. But the actual effect of the sound is. It's, it's marvellous to see it on their, you know, you can see it in their faces, in their expressions. It's, it's, it's very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to answer my pleasure. short questions. And I wish you the best of luck with your life's mission thank of you. Uh, bringing the, the great pipes of the pipe organ to, uh, to as many ears and hearts as possible. Well, thank you very much. And people can find out all about the stuff I'm up to on, uh, on the website. If they just put David Briggs into Google, you get straight to my site. I will make sure the link is there. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day and good luck in Korea. Thanks a lot. You're listening to the Ukulele Road Trips Having Gone North podcast. And the Going North adventure was sponsored by Cloud Music Ukuleles. A big thank you to them. And actually, you can hear them right now. They sound quite nice, don't they? Okay, back to the show in one second. Two, Two seconds. 
Oh, but of course, the adventure did not uh, only visit Toronto and the eastern parts of Quebec and Gaspésia. It made its way back to the mystical, beautiful, really, really cold island of Iceland. And it's kind of hilarious that to go there, I chose the month of December. Because everything there was filmed in December. So December in Iceland, it's a bit like... I don't even have a, an analogy to, to really illustrate how how awkward and strange that kind of decision is. Was it difficult, travelling <laughs> through Iceland? Uh, in this cold, 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 cold weather? It was... You missed a couple of colds there. Mm. But it cold, was... Cold. Exactly. But it was freezing. And luckily we toured the whole island, filming songs along the way um, and having a bath at one point also. Mm. Who's we? With a big van from Cuckoo Campers. And we is, well, the Cuckoo Campers van, which was... Um, it's a fantastic, reliable steed for our adventure. Uh, is the, it the same cuckoo as in the cuckoo cooking club? It is. It is a, the same cuckoo as in the cuckoo cooking show. Show, which sorry. is probably what you're referencing. Club is actually a better name. Sorry. Well, if if the listener doesn't know, well, the cuckoo cooking show is a cooking show that I posted on my ukulele vlog trips YouTube channel, and it's all about um, cooking tasty dishes in a van in the middle of nowhere in Iceland. At 3 p.m., but it's completely pitch dark outside because it's Iceland in December. So we we were a team, and it was the the van, myself, the ukulele, the bags, and the kits, the tools, and also the camera woman that helped us uh, along the way. As it so happens, we are now joined by Katarina, the famous camera woman who filmed all of the Iceland Going North adventures. Hello, Katarina. Well, two, two of them. Two of them. Hi, Katarina. Two of the songs, right? Not, not, not all of oh, them. What's more than two? Well, hello, Katarina. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Hello. How does oh. it feel to be again part of oh. the adventure? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it feels uh, the mixed feelings. <laughs> mixed feelings? So Do you, you have any dark secrets to reveal about ukulele road trips it, no, it was very dark uh, when we were traveling around Iceland. So, uh, do you have any specific memories of a particularly challenging shoot? Um, yeah, so uh, we were filming a song called uh, "Don't Forget Your Swimming Trunks" um, in the very special um, hot uh, geysers uh, water. <laughs> You can go for a swim in Mivaku. You can stand on Stoku and then boom, you find the end. Flown by the Jazzer. That on the island of glaciers and frost. <laughs> Do it again. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? That on the island of glaciers and frost, you must pack a pair at all costs. So come over to a hot pot for a small dunk, and don't forget your swimming trunks. <laughs> Sure, you'll be plenty 
Tony Frank. <laughs> Don't forget your swimming trunks. That was in the northern uh, outdoor baths of Mivatten, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Uh, I don't remember all that. But, uh, yeah, but did you remember your swimming trunks? Uh, yes, I did remember them. I did. And uh, we were filming with a phone in the water and it was the screen was broken. Right. So only half the picture was showing, but it was... Um, yeah, I don't really remember exactly what happened. Yeah, but of course was. the camera was still filming a full picture, but the screen was broken in half because I, I had accidentally dropped it the day before on an Icelandic rock. And it so happens that Icelandic rocks are actually stronger than iPhone screens. Interesting. <laughs> that was super boring. Yeah. And you recall, Katarina, after our little swim and the sing-song, we had a chat with the staff of the Mivatten Baths. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah, maybe that's true. Well, yeah, it is true because here, here they are. <laughs> right, okay. Hi, Johanna. So you work here at Mivatun? Mivat? Yes. How do you say it? Mivat. Mivat Bats. Yes. Okay, well, the water we're swimming in comes from the ground, yeah. right? Why is it so hot? Do you know? Can you really utkirða það? Af hverju er það svona heitt? It's about 1600 meters drill hole with coming from, and then it's pressure about... 12-15 kilos per square inch. It used to make a hot water for the village and then it's coming here. Oh. Under pressure 125 degree in a circle pool there. Right. But we, but we didn't swim in 125 no, degrees, no, right? No. <laughs> in streaming. Our water is a bit cooler for uh, the pool. No, we, we don't put cold water, only control the streaming of the hot water. So we cool it down. A computer here does. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you have a cooling system so yes. to keep the pool at the same temperature yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why does it smell a bit like eggs? It's the sulfur. Ah, which is in the ground and in the water. Yeah. yeah. When the um, when they come like a little bit older folks here, we try to be a little bit funny and we tell them that if they go into the lagoon, and when they come back, they're like ten years younger because the skin is so soft. Oh, well, why is that? Just because? Just because of the chemicals in the water. You get really soft skin. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, I do. I feel like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why uh, Icelandic people stay so young. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they, they bathe in uh, lagoons with secret chemicals. Secret chemicals. Keep us young. <laughs> Fountain of youth. <laughs> okay, and how long have you been uh, open here at the Mivat pool? From 30th of June 2004. Oh, 12 years. Yeah. So you're almost a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for us answering the questions, Johanna. And what was your name? Vicky. Vicky, uh, Tach. Yep, Tach. <laughs> Tach. <laughs> the Mivatten staff there. Well, thank you very much for your input, Katarina. Oh, you're welcome. Um, back to Icelandic matters and other songs. Uh, you may recall, Marine, a song called Bardur's Lament. Do you, do you remember that? Uh... It's the one with the raven. It's, it's there's a raven and the story of the legend. Hmm. I don't remember. Can you sing it again, please? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. When the whirlwind brings thoughts from the distance. And 
in the walls of my dungeon The ceaseless flame of the water Cousins to lay in the canyon Echoes of a grief I did father I've had many hours, sleepless nights in truth Beneath the stars and beneath the roof Where I lay my weary head and I'll feel the struggle For to see the guilty let free and roam Not to bear the pain of the one who did wrong I hear the distant cry piercing from And now is the special time we are going to take your questions, fans of ukulele road trips. Wow. First How question. How do people send questions in? Via email, via all the social media. Apps. Yeah, that's true. Everything, everywhere. So you've got any questions from, from uh, fans or followers? This first question oh. is from Juliana B. from the USA. Oh, that's interesting. She asks, how much did you plan out your trip beforehand? Uh-huh. You claim that you landed in Iceland without even having looked at a map, but I find that hard to believe. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, the truth is, I no, I really did just sort of jump in and didn't look at a map. I sort of had the idea that I wanted to go around it, and I had really nothing else planned. But the good thing was that I was going on my way to Canada uh, via Iceland and then back to Iceland. So... Uh, I could uh, spend a few days there in the capital, figuring out a couple of things and having a look at a map there. Oh, and then I could also contact the Cuckoo Camper Van company who gave me a good rate so that when I came back from Canada to go all around Iceland, I could then have the van at the ready and uh, a, a bit of an idea of what I was about to do. But it was a lot of uh, using internet on the road, really. So just going on Route 1, it's basically just one big circle around the island. So you drive your van on Route 1, and then you, you can sort of just Google what's on the way as you're driving through there. So that's really good to do. If you've got, you know, 3G, then that's fine. Yeah, but there's really not a lot of planning that goes into it. A bit like my marketing strategy or my CD selling, really. Or your answering. Or my answering. Was that a bit long? <laughs> I don't know. I dozed off. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take another fan's question. This next question is from Jay Bukowski from Nebraska. Let's hear it. Okay. Hi, Ben. My question about going north is which was colder, Canada or Iceland? And when in the trip were you the coldest? Ah, that's a really good question. Because it's a trip all about being really cold and traveling to the coldest places at the coldest times and still trying to smile somehow. The truth is it was colder in Iceland because the weather is just so harsh there. The wind whips your face the way Gaspigia, you know, can, can never really do it. But ironically, I was actually the coldest in Gaspigia when I, were, I drove through the national park and then I drove through another place and then I arrived through, that's in Canada, arrived at a place called Chandler, like the character in Friends, that's how I remember. And I slept in the car and I didn't have any big blankets or anything. I got really cold sleeping on the backseat of the Toyota and I got a bit of a cold. Whereas in the big cuckoo camper van in Iceland, there's a massive heater that um, the energy sort of gets stored up in the battery as you drive around and then you just press on when you sleep and then it's fine really. It's like a really cozy hotel room if you keep your socks on. And now let's take a listener's call. This is JB phoning in from North America. 
Wow, so many people eager to ask questions, and they're all definitely different people. Hello, this is Maureen from Ukulele Road Trips podcast, live from the podcast. I'm here with Ben from Ukulele Road Trips. From the podcast. From the podcast. Do you have any questions you would like to ask our local celebrity, Ben from Ukulele Road Trips? Podcast. Podcast. Um, yeah, hi, Ben and Maureen. Hi. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, I wanted to ask about uh, writing the songs, actually. Oh, right. Um, I, I was... Wondering if you if you write any of them in advance or if you always just get to the place and then uh, like write the song there. Yeah, most of the time I have to write them on location or I just don't get inspired and I don't get any ideas. So I just have to turn up in Quebec and actually walk around the old walls and then do a bit of research. And then it all sorts of gels together and I get the ideas and I get the mood right. Uh, so it happens with the canon in Gaspesia, it's the same for uh, the little song in the woods, lost in that national park in Gaspesia. It's also the same for Bardo's Lament and all the songs in Iceland. Or may they be about giant eagles or whatever else I wrote. The one exception... Being cold. About, oh, being cold. Yeah, that's in Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Or playing with gloves. That's cold. a recurring theme. It being is a, cold. Being cold is the recurring theme of going north. That's true. The one exception actually being the uh, Swimming Trunks song, which was uh, quite intricate and a bit complicated to write. And I wrote it as I was staying in Reykjavik in Iceland because uh, I actually had already at that point forgotten my swimming trunks. So I was already in the mood to write that song. And I just changed a bit of the lyrics because I thought I was going to go to the Blue Lagoon. And instead of Blue Lagoon, I changed the lyric to Mivatun when I was actually at Mivatun Baths. Uh, so that's the one exception, but it's still written in the country. Yeah. How long does it really take to write the songs? Uh, it really depends on how complex the history is that I want to talk about, if I'm talking about history, or how complex the music is, or the lyrics. So if then there's lots and lots of lyrics and I'm singing about a dictator moving churches around in the capital of his country, like I did in Romania, then that takes a while and lots of research. I'm just yawning. But for example, when I arrived at the black beach, black sand beach on the west of the Icelandic coast, and I realized I only had about 20 minutes daylight left, then I quickly wrote a song that had only one sentence as lyrics, and that's from Emir's Flesh. And the only... Uh, is that why it only has one sentence? It is <laughs> the reason why it only has sent one sentence, because the sun was going down, and you only have 20 minutes of good light, and I really needed to record it. And so the song was from Emir's Flesh, from Emir's Flesh, and then the other lyrics are from Emir's Flesh also. Mm. From Emir's Flesh. Thank you. 
Yeah, I was a bit more pressed for time in Iceland, so it's funny how the songwriting adapted itself. I'm pretty sure it's a bit like that with Helsveg also, where the song about the um, the giant eagle, where uh, all I did was um, set to music a, a bit of the Snorra Edda, which is sort of the old text about the gods in Iceland, instead of coming up with something myself. Turned out pretty well. Sits at heaven's end, a giant in your tray who sits at heaven's end. But for example, the swimming trunks one, it takes me days actually to write a song because I'm pretty slow at it. So you just stayed there or you wrote that one earlier, you said? To write, uh, don't forget your swimming trunks, I had uh, three or four days in Reykjavik or five or something. Oh, okay. So that's that's okay. what I did with my time really. Okay, uh, do I get that? more questions? Let's hear it. Um, I was wondering what made you decide to do the uh, cuckoo cooking videos because that was a little bit of a different sort of thing. Right, instead of music and uh, song, I did a cooking podcast. show. Sorry? Oh, and instead of podcast, because there was only one podcast in Iceland. Actually, the main reason I started the Cuckoo Cooking Show was because it sounded funny. Cuckoo Cooking Show, and I was in the cuckoo van. <laughs> and also because it was a bit frustrating of having no light outside and being able to shoot no content whatsoever, apart from one to three or something like this, or one to two. But inside the van, you can switch the lights on and still do stuff. So that's that's what I went for, a bit of cooking. And also, it, it was a great opportunity to get my French accent out, which I, I, I think I, don't, I, I, miss, I miss when I don't use. Ah, yes, the French accent. You can't have a cooking show without the French accent. It's like cooking without cheese or butter. Yes, yeah, so it definitely added a lot to the cooking show. Especially when it added lots of butter. Well, thank you very much for calling... Well, so, oops, I oops. Uh, slipped there. Thanks very much for, for calling, Juliana. Although, actually, I called you technically, but, you know. <laughs> well, thank you for calling me. I want to ask a question to Maureen. Oh, right, sure, go ahead. Be because I just re-listened to the podcast, the other podcast, and in the first one... That is going that north. You, you right, guys talked one. about how she's training to be a doctor. Right. And I just wondered, Maureen, if you are a full-fledged doctor now. <laughs> yeah, after all this time. After all this time. <laughs> it has been a little while. No, I'm in my sixth year and in, in I'm studying in France, so three more to go. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but when we recorded the podcast, you, pro you were probably in your fourth year. When, probably, When yeah. we recorded the pre-going north, I'm about to go north podcast. <laughs> and you had the flu back then, but you're feeling better now. Yeah. Good. <laughs> after a year and a half, I'm feeling better, thank you. Was it really that long? I don't know. I don't know. Time flies. A little longer than that. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for appearing on the podcast. It's yeah, the thank first. You. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, first fan intervention or sort of or uh, questions really, listeners' questions. Thank you very much, Juliana. Well, then it seems like you had quite the following: so many questions and a phone call. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> But now that uh, your trip is over, what is going to happen? What do you mean, what's going to happen? Um, is it all over now? 
You mean you look at Lely Road Trips as a whole? No. But going north. Going north, the adventure... Has come to an end. Right. I have come back a little bit more south. But actually, the adventure is done and uh, snowed instead of dusted. You get it? Uh, but oh. but it's not really over yet because there is an album to be recorded now <gasps> with all... Oh, that's very an genuine. An album! <laughs> yeah. What? There is an album now to what? be recorded... With all the songs... No! ...from the adventure. An album! Except not the one oh about the graveled God. road, because that was a terrible song. But An all the album. other ones. An album! Woo! Woo! Uh-oh. I'll try and contain my excitement! How many songs will it have? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I guess something like 14? Probably six or seven from Canada and six Ooh. or seven from Iceland, all mixed together. And will you have any exclusive songs that we haven't heard from the adventure? Actually, there is a song that was only on a podcast, but um, it's going to be very different on the album. And that song is The Battle of the Justins. It's a song about who's your favorite Justin. And they fight it out. Justin Bieber and Justin Trudeau in Canada. go. Uh-huh. Up, they walk onto a ring and box it out to who's the best Justin. <laughs> and it's going to be a great opportunity to do a really poppy, auto-tuned, uh, hit parade type song. That will not yeah. make it to the hit parade. So that's that's exciting. So this Justin, hey, ukulele road trips, is announcing exclusively on this podcast, announcing it is going to make a new album, a Going North album. We're all so very excited. I want to go to bed. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. That's all we've got time for. There'll be more to come soon, hopefully, when Ukulele Road Trips gets on its way again throughout the world. But first, the albums. And also, a big shout-out to Cloud Music Ukuleles and Cuckoo Camper Vans in Iceland who made this adventure possible, didn't they, Marine? They did. And a big thank you to my little sister, Marine, who I've been exhausting and forcing to record now two podcasts in the space of a very short time. I want to go to bed. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening and a big thank you for making the Going North Adventure possible to Cloud Music Ukuleles, Cuckoo Camper Vans in Iceland. You guys are amazing. And also to the Ukulele Festival of the North in Quebec, Canada. Special mention to André. Okay, buy the album. See you soon. Bye.